welcome to the Grapple Pie Extreme Rules 2016 Roundup. Nailed that intro, right? Um, thank you for listening. Hello. Uh, welcome to Grapple Pie. My name's Daniel Swan. Um, it is Monday, the 23rd of May, 2016, which means that yesterday, on Sunday, the 22nd of May, 2016, was uh, WWE Extreme Rules. Um, I watched it uh, live uh, on my iPad, such is the way of the world these days. Uh, and there's lots to get through. There's lots to get through indeed. So uh, without further ado, let's just dive straight in and get to it, shall we? <laughs> Pre-show, it's everybody's favourite thing that's ever happened. Um, it's not, so I'm not going to talk about it for too much, but there were a couple of bits that happened, so I'm not going to talk at all about the panel. And I just think that's the worst job in wrestling, I think, is being Renee Young and having to talk about just string stuff out for as long as you possibly can. Also, Jerry Lawler looks like an old woman who's been melted. I don't know what's going on with him. but um, So what happened? So the Dudley Boys came out. The Dudley Boys came out. It's one thing when somebody refers to somebody else as something, but it has a different kind of vibe to it when somebody refers to themselves as something, I think. So that when Devon comes out, gets on the microphone and says that um, what would Extreme Rules be without the Dudley Boys? You know, the boys, he looks like he's pushing 80. I, I'm not sure the boys think the Dudleys, sure. Absolutely get on board with that. But the Dudley boys, maybe not. Um, They started talking about ECW. Everybody started chanting for ECW, and it kind of hammered home to me, at least, that the heyday of ECW uh, was pushing 20 years ago now. So maybe they should move on a little bit. Um, seems weird to still be raking up old colds. Just, 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 you know, move on a touch, a fig, a slash, a shade. Um, and then Big Cass came out and beat them both up. I'm not sure why that happened. Not sure why he beat them both up, why he was allowed to beat them both up, being as though he is a tag team competitor and they are a tag team. Um, it seems weird. Like, I get that they're trying to kind of keep him hot whilst Enzo is out. Obviously, we don't know how long Enzo is going to be out um, with his concussion, but hopefully not too long. And then when he comes back, presumably they're going to put them back together as a tag team. So you want to obviously build them up as a as a tag team. Don't necessarily need to at this stage, at least, build up Big Cass as a singles competitor. Um, so it seems weird to push him so strong here um, against the, being able to beat up both of the Dudley boys. Seems like an odd. I mean, it wasn't like the match on SmackDown where he kind of beat them both up and then pinned one of them, which I thought was even stranger. But just. I don't know. It seems weird. Obviously, the Dudleys are there just to kind of build up young talent. That's fine. That's a you know a viable thing. They've got uh, enough cachet with the crowd that they you know people will still respect them even if they get beaten all the time, which is what happens. But yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a bit weird that Big Cass beat them both up on his own. So then when Enzo comes back, like what's he doing? I mean, arguably you could say that from when he was still there because he's just there to talk and then get beaten up so Cass can get the hot tag. Anyway, this was an odd way to start a pay-per-view. Even on a pre-show, weird. Baron Ziggler versus Dolph Corbin um, came out and they had their match. It was an ODQ match. It was a little bit lacklustre. Their match at Payback was better, I think. Even their match on Raw after Payback was better when Corbin won clean. 
um, which I thought was the end of the match, but then they realised, oh yeah, we've got a pay-per-view coming up and we've got nothing else for them to do. Um, it was a it was a fairly kind of standard match. I would have thought, with this being on the pre-show, as with Kalisto and Ryback last month at Payback, they that re- really seemed to kind of fire them up. They had a great match, possibly as a result of it. Possibly it was because Ryback was like, this is going to be my last match in WWE. Who knows? Um but yeah, for whatever reason, they were on the pre-show and they lived up to Ryback's little weightlifting belt thing saying that he was the pre-show stealer. Um, but yeah, this was just a little bit... Mm. And I liked that Corbin went for the nuts. I liked that because it's, you know, it could be seen as like, well, he needed to cheat to win, but obviously he's not cheating because it's an ODQ match so he can do whatever he wants. He's just using every everything at his disposal. I think he should have gone to that earlier. I think it should have started off with Ziggler being hot and going all out and doing his little jumpy jumpy thing and then Corbin just go <laughs> like wouldn't it be amazing to see a wrestler like what a great heel tactic in an ODQ match to have a wrestler just go nuts on the other person's nuts just continually attack them just four low blows one after the other, just destroy his genitals. Like, that's a great heel tactic. And then he could have done the end of days and it would have been perfect. Because then you can't blame Ziggler for losing. Like, that's that's the whole, that's the kind of leveler. Like, you can't have a go at a face for losing a match when they've got, when they've had a low blow. That's how, you know, China did all that stuff. Like, you, you know, hit a guy in the nuts, he's going to go down. That's the whole thing. Um and that would have been great. That would have so Ziggler would have stayed strong because you don't, you know, he could have still potentially beaten him if it hadn't been an ODQ. Corbin shows him as being very smart and very vicious. Um, so I liked it. I think they could have gone a bit further with it and and made it a bit more of a gimmicky result as opposed to just going for a standard wrestling match, which they've done better before. So a little bit of a disappointment for me. Um, and now, hopefully, the gift that we will all get is never having to see these two. Maybe they'll just let Baron Corbin wrestle somebody else for once. Who knows? Who bloody knows? <laughs> On to the actual pay-per-view. Proper pay-per-view. Um, Usos versus Anderson and Gallows um, in a tornado match. So this is going to be a different match to the one that we've seen four times over the past two weeks. It's a different match because it's the tornado tag team match. They're all four of them in there at the same time, which essentially just means that it's a series of handicap matches. They'll throw one person out of the ring, two people will go on one person and then throw the other person. So, you know, um, but it was good. It was good. It was fast-paced. It was pretty crazy, pretty chaotic. Um, And the right team won. Of course, the right team won because everybody was cheering Anderson and Gallows. The Usos might might as well have been the four horsemen or something. They were getting booed out of the building. Um... Which they like tried to cover up on the commentary by saying, "Well, you know, you know, some people are cheer, some people are booing, but most people are cheering the Usos." Nope, not true, not true at all. They got super booed. Um, the ga- uh, a couple of other bits. Gallows's finisher, which is like the Baldo bomb from um, Albert, uh, is known as the Gallows Pole. Now, I'm not sure whether that's a kind of a play on his surname of you know a hangman's pole. I don't see how that really makes sense but it just using the word pole is just too sexy i'm sorry it's too euphemistic get rid give it another name there's a million other names out there give it one of those um they managed to get the boot of doom which i still can't hear as anything other than the buddha do the buddha do they get the buddha 
do on there? Oh my God, they hit the Buddha do. Um, which I would say change it, but I quite like it. Call it, it's a little bit silly, a little bit fun. Call their finisher the Buddha do. Um, I sometimes feel bad for not knowing which Uso is which. Sure, they're twins, but they occasionally dress differently. And as a white person with some white guilt, it makes me, am I racist for not being able to discern two Samoans from each other? Um, but then Michael Cole, when one of them got smacked down with something, said, just down goes Uso. Um, so like he doesn't know which one <laughs> either of them are as well. Makes me feel a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, there was a there was a funny moment where Anderson was down outside the ring and Gallows needed to kind of rouse him to get him back into the ring to maybe do the Buddha do. I can't really remember. Um, and rather than going over and like kind of helping him up and picking him up, he just did like at the end of the Avengers when Iron Man's like, oh, is he dead? Um, and then the Hulk just shouts at him and he wakes up. It was the same, like rather than actually trying to help him, he just shouted, get up! get up he's like oh right okay i'll get up then because you've shouted at me um yeah it felt quick and it felt manic and a bit kind of out of control good for extreme rules felt a bit more extreme um something different to their previous matches um so yeah i quite enjoyed this one Uh, and i saw um afterwards uh in my kind of research that's right there's some research gone into this um that it actually went uh 837 um, which actually felt a couple of minutes longer than it actually was. So well done them for, for making it seem so uh, so fresh and quick. Um, now, again, as with uh, Corbin and Ziggler, can we please never have these teams fighting again? Thanks so much. Uh, now we have the, the US title match, Kalisto versus Rusev. Um, and as if the, the result was in any way in doubt, which it wasn't really. I was very, very confident that Rusev was going to win this um, before in the kind of highlights package and as Kalisto was coming down to the ring, they are saying, well, you know, he's not 100%. He was injured on Raw. He's not 100%, which is like, okay, so they're giving him an out. They're giving him a reason why, you know, he can lose, but he loses with, you know, his head held high in some way. Um, I thought this, I thought it started off a little, a little awkward. Um... But, uh, yeah, there's like a little mistake early where the kind of should have been a drop toe hold into the middle rope, kind of 619 style, but it didn't happen. So Rusev just had to kind of crawl over to the ropes, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, Rusev had a very bad uh, selling of a, a sleeper. Um, Kalisto was kind of on his back doing a kind of piggyback sleeper hold. Um and Rusev, I don't know what he was doing, but it didn't seem like he was selling a sleeper, like he was being deprived of oxygen, which is weird. And the even weirder thing is, is that once he managed to fight his way out of the sleeper, his selling was amazing. Like, he was just, like, on his knees for a couple of minutes, just, like, <sighs> like trying to get air back into his lungs. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Why are you so bad at doing it when it was actually happening? Why does it take the, the move to be taken off you for you actually to start selling it um which i thought was a bit strange um again it was it was a quick match it was kind of like um kalisto's match with ryback uh, last month i do think kalisto is good he's he's very he's not a charismatic guy because he can't speak like he can speak english 
I don't want to, he can speak English, but he can speak English in the way that Funaki can speak English. Unless all you're saying in your promos is uh, Smackdown and number one announcer, number one, then it's just, it's not going to work. So he's not a charismatic guy. So he's not going to really hit the heights. Um, until he can be a speaker, I don't think they should give him the belt back again or any belt other than maybe the tag team belt because it's, you know, you need to be charismatic to, well, I say you do, Roman Reigns. Oh, I'm burning him already. Um, but yeah, you need to be charismatic in order to to have any kind of decent singles push. But in terms of the in-ring action, he has had a couple of, you know, issues and a little bit botchy. But I think ultimately for a high-flying act like he is, I think to an extent you've got to expect that in some way. There's going to be, it's not going to be 100% perfect. But um, I feel like in this match as well, very, very good, some innovative um, offense stuff that you haven't really seen before, uh, which I think was good. It had an amazing, a brilliant spot right at the beginning uh, where he's doing all this kind of bouncy, flippy stuff. And oh, he's the, the face and he's getting off to a quick start. And then he tried his kind of off the middle rope, corkscrew, body press thing. Um, and Rusev just kills him with a double axe handle. I thought it was amazing. Very, very cool. Um, and then it, into the finish was, again, brilliant. He did uh, the hur- his kind of DDT Hurricane Rana thing that he normally does to, to people when they're on their knees, which makes it easier to sell. Um, Rusev sold it perfectly from standing, which made it look amazing and really, really painful. Um, Hurricane Rana through the ropes to uh, Rusev when he's standing outside sending him into the um, ring steps looked great Uh, and then when he's on the apron running up the turnbuckle to a moonsault on the outside again brilliant Um, then yeah they did the bit where he kind of throws um, Kalisto onto the outside of the ring apron which looked fucking painful and they obviously kind of sell that really badly or really well sorry that it hurt really badly but he sold it well Um, and then the refs kind of telling Rusev to to fuck off and, you know, not attack him anymore. But then Rusev keeps going. So that's brilliant booking because that just says Rusev. And one of the big notes that I wrote um, when I was watching the match, just in all caps, Rusev is a beast, Rusev Machka, Um, which is great. Like, looked like he was going to rip his fucking head off with the accolade at the end, um, which was superb. So Kalisto can have his head held high because he's like, well, I was injured and blah, blah, blah. But then Rusev also is built up as a complete beast. It's like League of Nations didn't even happen. Rusev is back being a beast, being who he should be, being a fucking barrel-chested Eastern Bloc savage. Um, Looked amazing doing it and was just shouting after the match, holding the belt, going, Machka! Machka! Um, Which was great. I I really, really liked this match. I thought it was very quick. I thought it started off relatively slowly, but then built up very nicely. Uh, and then the end, the action was good and the storytelling was good. The booking was good. Um, all around good. Thumbs up to you guys. Well done. Oh, no, Jersey. Um, New Day come out. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves them. Um, come out, uh, Xavier Woods again, just kind of desperately asking, but like they're doing a very clever job. Um, the new day, like they did it with the time machine thing with the sticky keyboard joke of like, it's all like wrestling fans are immature people, generally speaking, immature people and love a bit of innuendo, love a bit of like, how else do you explain the, the popularity of DX, even in the 2060 X when they're both super old men. And it's kind of sad. It's because people love, 
laughing at things that are naughty but not explicitly naughty um and yeah essentially xavier woods at the beginning of the promo just asking people to send him on twitter um nudes and videos of them doing sexy stuff i I don't know whether i'm just a pervert so that's what i'm reading into it but i'm pretty sure that that was the implication um and then uses the word uh, uses the phrase uh, when biggie's like this isn't the time or the place he's like let me shoot my shot which got a great reaction from the crowd not really any logic to it i don't know what it means necessarily um but it's everybody cheers everybody senses knows that these guys are having fun um and it's super fun to watch super fun to watch and then again with the kind of innuendo and being rude when you're not um explicitly being rude so you can get away with it in a pg audience um biggie has a couple of hoes over his uh, shoulder says that one of them is simon gotch one of them's alex in- uh, english uh, and because they're about to put a couple of hoes in the ground because it's the garden state again everybody loves it um then the vaude villains come out uh in some lovely kind of pay-per-view special um like napoleon outfits or whatever looked very very cool um i d- part of me thinks that they need a bit more of a a bigger entrance theme but then i suppose part of their heelishness is that it is just this little kind of plinkly plinkly piano like that it's not a big imposing entrance that, I don't know I just love their posing at the beginning like they're posing for an old timey boxing match super super cool I do like the Vaude Villains I love the gimmick um, very shocked to see Xavier Woods in the match what the hell's going on is Kofi injured what's happening he's actually allowed to wrestle for once um, and he fucking gives Alex English a Hadouken oh just I marked out massively for that I was like Ooh! Um, uh, and then they kind of take over and they're the bad guys and Simon Gotch has, I do like the Vaude villain I just there's just a different feel to them I like when people commit to their gimmick in all different parts of the like Simon Gotch gave it a really weird kind of chin lock where he's like squatting and it really looks like that kind of hello oh, I'm a strong man in the 1920s hello how are you doing um, it just looked great just something a bit weird and like when he comes into the ring and he does the thing where he jumps up and he does a double foot kick to the top turnbuckle like he's like oh this is what I do for doing my stretches hello mm, yes just great I love it love it love it love it when people really kind of commit to this kind of thing um, there was a great near fall because I don't think anybody really expected the Vaude Villains in their first title shot in only like their third match um, in the WWE would win the tag team titles I don't think anyone really believed that um, but they had a great near fall where they knocked out Biggie, they knocked out um, uh, Kofi, and then they did the whirling dervish in the ring. And he, everyone was like, what? They're not. But then Xavier kicked out, which was a great near fall. Everybody was uh, pleased about that. Um, and then the booking of the finish was fantastic as well. Um, the, the New Day had to cheat to win. Um, it's because it's again it's that thing of you know that's what they had to do when they were bad guys now that they're good guys doesn't shouldn't necessarily mean that they miraculously take a level up uh, a level up in well people like us now so we're automatically amazing i like that there's still that sense of you know they're the same they're the same characters it's one of the big things that annoyed me about stone cold's um heel turn back in 2001 is that he goes from this like amazing like I'm just going to beat everybody up I'm not going to sell for anything it's just I'm just going to kick ass massively to as soon as he's heel he's begging off Taker he's begging off 
Kane and they're, everyone's kicking the shit out of him. I was like, don't have that complete 180. That doesn't make sense. Um, so this, I really liked it. I liked the fact that they're cheating to win, but because they've done it before and because they're so over anyway, it's not hurting the new day at all. Nobody's thinking, hmm, they really should have lost there. I, I don't like them as much anymore because that's, you know, their their appeal is so... It's such a small amount of it is tied up in how good they are at being wrestlers and so much of it is on the character that that really doesn't matter and yet it builds up the Vord villains because it says well the Vord villains may have won the New Day had to resort to cheating so the Vord villains look very very strong um, I think it was it was a very very quick match it was only about six minutes and change um, but it was a very very good six minutes and change to, to kind of get the Vord villains over get the New Day over um, all very, very, yeah, it, it was a very simple match, a very short match, but it really achieved its goal in being very entertaining um, and, and booked to, to kind of perfection, I think, and really set up both teams very, very well. So thumbs up again, New Day and Vaud Villains. Way! Intercontinental title four-way, fatal four-way match. Um, I had it picked as my match of the night um if you listen to or watched my uh extreme rules prediction video slash podcast um and it was amazing uh it was an amazing amazing match the halluva kick straight from the off i fucking loved like everybody you could sense everybody's like wait what the fuck just happened a great way to kind of kick it off in a in an unexpected way and then cesaro with the uppercut Really, really good just to kind of get it in there very, very quickly. Um, I thought I get Sami Zayn's such a good kind of plucky underdog, good guy. Um, it was kind of all groggy and did a real kind of wild swing that was ducked by, I think it was uh, Kevin Owens, which is just a great kind of, you know, he's, he's fucking out on his feet. He doesn't know what day it is and yet he's still fighting. Just little things like that really helped to sell a character. And I think that's what all four people in this match are very, very good at. Of really, yeah, kind of telling a story, which is ultimately what, you know, what the whole point of it is. Um, Tazara got busted open in a quite a weird way, like two big kind of stripes on his forehead, which I thought was... Uh, looked like it would have been super painful um, that kind of two big paper cuts or whatever on his forehead um, and then it just, I mean it was just incredible just a, a ridiculous set of near falls um, to end the match and I say to end the match but it felt like it was like the last half of the match the, the match went about 18 minutes um, and I, yeah I feel like 10 minutes of that was just these ridiculously perfectly orchestrated um, near falls um, to the um Miz uh, did a scroll, skull crushing finale to uh, Cesaro. Um, then Cesaro managed to kick out of it, which led to the. I, it's it, it's not, but it kind of seemed a bit innuendo-ish of Michael Cole saying, "You know how many men he's finished off with that move." Just the usage of the word men. If you just said superstars, I don't think it would have been as bad. But you know how many men he's finished off, um, and he was he was like, "Oh my god, I'm shocked," and which I thought at the time was a little bit of a shame because Miz. Is you know as often built up the the weakest of all four of these, um, but the fact that he w- won ultimately meant that it's like someone gonna kick out of his finisher. That's fine if he's winning, then that's still good. Um, Kevin Owens with a roll up, which you know is the the universally the deadliest move um, in the WWE because so many matches are won just with roll ups. Um, then the kick out of that Cesaro did a neutralizer that was kicked out of uh, Kevin Owens did a pop-up power bomb um, that was uh, kicked out of uh, Sami Zayn did an amazing a gorgeous like flip up sunset flip bomb to Cesaro that was perfect 
um, match of the uh, the the spot of the night. I think it's so looks so so good. Um, kicked out Zayn with the halluva kick. Um, almost wins, but then Kevin Owens pulls him out, and then um, the Miz clambers in and sneaky heals his way uh, to the victory. It was absolutely incredible and amazing booking um, as well. It's it's you know I'm I my favorite thing about wrestling is the the storytelling. I'm I, I, I'm a storyteller. I love stories. I love movies. I love comics. I love wrestling just for the the stories that they tell. And this tells an amazing story builds up everybody everybody wins from this match a just from the fact of being a part of it being part of, of such an incredible match that, that the crowd was so massively into builds everybody up the Miz wins so he can now brag that he's beaten all these three men and blah 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 um Sami Zayn uh, and Kevin Owens forward their feud so that continues that storyline so that's perfect that both of them can legitimately say oh you screwed me out of the IC title, so that's really good. And I I watched it again this morning because I thought this is amazing. Um, and I noticed that even though Cesaro was the one that got pinned, which is a shame because that kind of says uh, he's, he's the weakest of them, he got to kick out of the Skull Cushion finale um, and the pop-up powerbomb as well. So he looked really strong as well. Everybody wins. Everybody looks incredibly strong. Um, and if, you know, obviously you will have watched it because you're listening to this, but if you <laughs> just watch it again, just watch it again. Just just carve out twenty minutes of your day. Pop this on the network. Um, yeah, just super fun. A really fun, well told match. Amazing. Just like I predicted. Although I did predict that Cesaro would win, but this was the only match that I predicted wrong. So you're fucking welcome. So if you've been keeping track. You'll see uh, Usos, Anderson and Gallows, pretty good match, exciting match. Kalisto and Rusev, enjoyable match, very, very nice, great finish. New Day and the Vol Villains, short, but very, very enjoyable match. Intercontinental title match, amazing, absolutely fantastic. Near Falls, a go-go. This is, start- this is an amazing pay-per-view. And then we get to the Asylum match. Now, didn't think that this was going to be amazing. This plays into the, the whole thing that I get annoyed about. Um, with Extreme Rules and a, li- a little bit with, with WWE in general at the moment um, at the moment in the PG era don't have a match like this they went further than I thought they would granted but it's not going to be the match that you're selling it as it's not going to be oh my god it's an asylum match it's all ah, craziness weapons blah 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 blood and carnage this is going to be incredible it's not going to be that it's just not going to be that so don't book it like that but anyway, that aside, this was just too long. The match went 26-21. 26 minutes and not a lot happened at all. A lot of the match was spent with them kind of climbing up, getting a weapon down, which you could have seen from the start that that was what was going to happen, that it was going to kind of kill a lot of the momentum of the match. The, the audience weren't particularly into it. Um, and it just, it was a pretty dead for a lot of it. Um, the good things though, Jericho comes out in jeans, which is great. That's a, just a little thing, just a little change that really sets you up of like, oh, this is going to be a war. This is going to be brutal when they're coming out wearing more kind of street clothes. Obviously, Ambrose is already wearing street clothes, so he can't really do that much. But I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, Jericho told a good story of the kind of starting off being the cowardly heel, telling the referee to open the door to the, you know, at the end when he's, you know, lost it a little bit, gradually getting into the match. You want to go crazy? Yeah, I want to go crazy. Um, I thought he told a good story. Um, 
I thought it was funny when they got the the mop down um, from the seat from the cage that there was a let's go moppy chant which I thought was quite good nice little shout out to uh, old Perry Saturn um, as soon as they got down the 2x4 wrapped in barbed wire Barbie I believe it's called um, instantly I wrote down they are not using the 2x4 which I was proven right with I was uh, uh, proven wrong with sorry uh, that they did end up using it right towards the end um, but just not in the face obviously because then they would have had to have been busted open um, but I, yeah they did <laughs> They kind of went to use it and then he got taken down by the nunchucks and then it was just kind of left in the corner. I was like, you can't... Chekhov's gun's rule of theatre is if a, a, a weapon is shown in the first act, it must be fired by the third. Uh, and I was like, you can't fucking have a two-by-four wrapped in barbed wire in the match and nobody uses that. That would be absurd. Um, so, yeah, that was... I was glad that they used it uh, in the end. Um, when Jericho went up and got the kendo stick and then beat uh, Ambrose down with it when he was sitting on top of the cage, there's a little section where he he kind of pretended to use the stick as a rifle and then stopped very quickly just thinking like, oh shit, no, that's not, this is PG. I'm not supposed to pretend to shoot the audience. Um, there was a We Want Rollins chant, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, just a lot of this with not a lot happening um, at all. Uh, it kind of... It went. It, it got towards a, a nice finish, though. I will say that um, Ambrose did a lovely bump off the cage. Uh, looked quite safe, but looked good. Um, Walls of Jericho reversed by smacking him with a kendo stick, which is uh, a nice um, match-appropriate um, reversal of that. Uh, and then Ambrose gets the thumbtacks out. You're like, fucking hell, this is PG. What's going on? Sprays them down, uh, but then they kind of move away from them for a lot. And I was like, again, like with the two by four. What if they don't use them? What if nobody goes into the thumbtacks? That's the biggest fuck you in the world. Um, but then, yeah, Jericho did and sold it amazingly. It looked like the most painful thing in the history of the world. Um, and then got a Dirty Deeds kind of into the thumbtacks as well in a kind of Mick Foley, uh, Cactus Jack and the 2000 Rumble pedigree into the thumbtacks. And you see them all sticking in his face, which is an amazing visual. But I, I was confident they wouldn't have here. Um, yeah, it was just too long. I've seen reports saying that there was a segment or something that was cancelled earlier on in the match uh, earlier on in the night so this match ended up getting an extra 10 minutes which I think makes sense because as a, as a like a 15 minute match I think this would have been a lot better a lot tighter and it's a shame because then you could have given a couple of extra minutes to New Day versus the Vaude Villains you could have given a couple of extra minutes to um, maybe Ziggler and Corbin at the beginning or Kalisto and Rusev um, but yeah just giving all 10 minutes to this match was a mistake because it was by the end a pretty barring um but yeah, Ambrose wins his match, which is good because that builds him up. Jericho loses but gets put in thumbtacks, which everybody always respects people for. So it was booked okay, um, but I think the, the match type straight from the off was ill-conceived. Um, it was always going to be a bit of an awkward one. Um, and yeah, just far, far too long. Um, so yeah, the first kind of dud of the card, which was a big shame. <laughs> So we're over half an hour now, um, and we've only got two matches to go, I think, actually. Yeah, just the women's match and the main event. Um, but then we'll have to round up the three things, match of the night, champ, jobber, etc. Um, so I'm going to pop them onto another um, another uh, podcast, another episode uh, coming up after this. But thank you so much for, for listening to this. I'm also, the plan is, um, is to put the roundup to film that as well, because I really enjoyed doing the... Um, 
filming the predictions one and I think that'll be a you know it's not a whole thing so it's not going to take as long to do but just a little just the roundup at the end of um, Extreme Rules I think would be good so yeah please uh, listen to that or watch that you have an option you have a choice Um, but yeah thank you so much for listening to this hope you enjoyed it if you agreed with it if you didn't agree with it let me know Um, you know how to get in touch with me either on the website uh, danielswan.squarespace.com or facebook.com forward slash the Daniel Swan Twitter and Instagram at Palugin P-A-L-O-O-G-I-N um, or even by email danielswan41 at gmail.com but yeah thank you so much for listening uh, and I hope you uh, come back and listen to part two where we go through the women's match and the big man's match with Roman everybody hates Roman but did he win? of course he fucking did cheers cheers